What's up, guys? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham and Justin Treese of Talking to Football coming to you today on Halloween to break down Week Nine of the NFL season. Treese, you had an exciting weekend. You had a family trip. Uh, let's hear all the details of you and your beautiful wife taking your adorable son to Disneyland slash World of whatever ones in California. It's Disneyland, and I really I laughed multiple times when you said that last episode. So just so you know, you are getting some giggles out of some people. So let's see here. Sunday, woke up early, went on a flight. Uh, was super early, and I so I was tired, like getting up early and stuff. So I kind of slept on the start of the flight. Woke up, and I was like, "Oh shit, there's Wi-Fi." And the game started about 20 minutes ago. Uh, I should hurry and uh, get on and see what's going on. Obviously, the flight has in uh, live television. Turn it on. <laughs> Jags-Jets game on. Didn't even have to use Sunday ticket. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do this. Sat there and watched the Jags game. I'm like, okay, I'll get through like halftime by the time this plane lands. So we're almost there. It's about six minutes, it says, until we're going to land. I'm like, ah, damn it. Second half is going to be hard to, for me to watch. I'm going to have to probably watch the recap of it later. Pilot comes on and says, Hey, folks, uh, there's a lot of wind and we can't land. And uh, LAX is not allowing us to land from a different direction. We're like, okay, so now what? He's like, so we have to go to the next airport about 30 minutes away to get gas so we don't run out. We're like, oh, nice. Have to go all the way to this other city, land, fill up with gas. They, they give us an option. You can get out of the plane and uber to the other airport if you want or you can just stay on the flight i'm like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna pay a hundred dollars for an uber to then sit there for this plane to land and then get my fucking shit out of it i'm like that's that's idiotic who does that yeah half of the plane ended up leaving and doing that because they didn't know <laughs> what? I'm like, you guys are dumb but they didn't know how long we were going to be landed like they, yeah. they had no idea and i'm like i don't give a shit I got my headphones on, I got a sleeping kid, and the Jags game's on. Let's do this. I watched the rest of the Jags game and some of the afternoon game by the time we had landed at the next airport uh, back at LAX. So that was awesome. Um, started, out, started out just great. Uh, then we went to Santa Monica for a couple days. That was a good time. Uh, big fire right there. We almost got evacuated, so that was fun. Um, oh. Yeah. And then get this. We're having we're at an Airbnb. First day, first night was great. Second day, uh, somebody knocks on our door. We're like, that's weird. We'll just leave it. Like maybe it was like mailman or something. We don't know. They knock again like two minutes later. So we go and op- open it, and they're like, oh hey, there's service on your bathroom because it, it was like an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay. And so he starts like like cutting out holes in the wall, and we're like, hey. How long is this going to be? And he's like, oh, this is going to be like a three-day thing. You guys can't use this bathroom anymore. We're like, what? We're, no, we're we're staying here. Like, we have to use the bathroom. We called the dude, and he's like, they were supposed to call me before they started this. We ended up getting kicked out of our Airbnb. <laughs> Holy shit. So then we had to go find an, <laughs> a hotel for a night, and then the, – Later on, we are we had another hotel once we went from Santa Monica over to Anaheim for Disneyland. So, like, we ended up getting a room at that same hotel. So, we ended up just going to Anaheim a day earlier than what we wanted to. But I was just like, wow, what a great start. 
an, an hour and ten minute flight turns into almost a four four hour flight, and then two night stay at an Airbnb turns into a one night stay, and oh, it was a mess. But overall, it was good. We they do this like uh, I don't remember what it's called. This boo bash, I think it's called what it's called at Disneyland, and like they close down the park at like six o'clock and then you have to have a special ticket to get in and they do like a big parade and it's like all the villains of disney and stuff and then like they have just seriously like 50 trick-or-treat lines and you just like go and stand in line and they just give you giant bags and they give you handfuls and i'm talking like big scoops like whatever candy you want and so you do that it, it was pretty awesome we were talking to some guys during the parade they're like hey we come here so we can just get this for our trick-or-treat candy. They're like, we like coming to Disneyland, but like now we don't pay for trick-or-treat candy because we just get two <laughs> giant bags full. And we're like, hey, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we should do that. We start going in trick-or-treat lines and shit. Um, but it was a good time, dude. D- Disneyland's awesome. Like, I don't I would never want to like have season passes or anything, but like once a year, once every two years, it's a cool fun day. That's that's awesome. So now you have candy. For Halloween. Yep, we got candy for tomorrow, <laughs> so we don't have to go to the store. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was telling Lauren um, this past weekend we were talking. Or actually, it was on today on the way home from work. And she's like, so are you doing the podcast uh, alone again tonight, or is Treese going to be with you? And I was like, no, uh, it'll be Treese. You know, he's back. He's landing today, and we'll do it. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. Um, where'd they go? And I was like, oh, they went to the Disneyland or World, whatever it is. And I literally said that to her, and she goes, huh, that must be nice. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess it is. You know, it sounds like a real great time. And it was just a freaking jab, like right in the side of, I mean, a clear, clear message of, at least he takes his wife to Disneyland or World, you know, just at least she's lucky and gets to do that. You, you, you could have just told her why I was doing it, though. Nah. Nah. Because then she's going to be like. Oh, so you've been going on the tailgate tour. You're going to Mobile and the Combine. And what trips have I got to go on with you? And I'm going to sit there like, I don't know. <laughs> so the, watch this, this be the one episode she comes back and listens to. For sure. My wife is 100% listening to this because she knows I'm going to talk about our trip. Uh, this is low-key what we cannot afford to do. We can't let Lauren and Jasmine become legit friends. We we will be in big trouble. We just created a monster then. We did. <laughs> because Jasmine's <laughs> going to go, hey, did you know Austin's getting to do all this and he talked about it? <laughs> yeah. Or Lauren's going to be like, I hate him. I can't stand yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Oh, man. I'm sure everybody loves our six minutes of this bullshit talk that has nothing to do with football. Hey, it is what it is. All right. It's our fucking podcast. We'll talk about it. Whatever. Yeah. Speaking of, like, getting upset and mad and stuff, should we just, like, talk about, like, somebody that just lost his shit today on Reporters? Oh, some guy that just just feels like he can just be that anytime he wants because one moment it's passion and the next moment it's attitude and everyone just needs to realize they can't have it both ways. Yeah. Well, guess what, Baker Mayfield? You guys fucking suck. You fucking suck. And when you get called out on it, can't be a crybaby. But guess what? That's what you're doing. Yeah, it's a bad look. I don't care if that reporter is like 
the annoying because every team has that annoying reporter that everybody hates. Like every every team has that, and I don't care if that's what it is. Like you can't, you just can't be like that. You just can't. I didn't think the question was bad. I thought it was fair questions. It very much was. Like everyone else in that situation has or will be asked that question as a quarterback in the NFL for their team, winning or losing. Yeah. Yeah. He he looks rough, dude. Like he just like long hair, more of a beard. Like he just looks like not the baker that we saw like during the offseason. Like the clean shaved dude that's like having a good time, having fun. And I mean, that's what makes Baker Baker, right? Like he does have that fire, but he's also like that happy guy. It, you can tell that the losing's taking its toll on him this year. I mean, it definitely is, and I mean he I'm sure he's beating himself up a lot. I'm sure he's just as confused. But the thing is, is you have to learn from your mistakes. You need to realize what you can and cannot do. And I think I said this on Tuesday when I was alone, um, was just the fact that you have to learn from these mistakes that you're making. You can't keep rolling out to the right. You can't keep trying to throw a ball in a tight window because you think it's going to be there when you've been thinking that all freaking year and you're already at eight some interceptions. Like, at what point are you going to realize, hey, let's take a little bit of a deeper dive into the mental aspect of this and really find out where our miscues are? Whether it is play calling in a situation, is Freddie Kitchens ready to be a coach in the NFL? I mean, that's a serious question. No. Was he called upon too soon? Yes. What's the point of having all this money on that offense when you don't have an offensive line? And your quarterback isn't learning. And a head coach is making calls that is not putting his team in a position to win. And I, the funny thing is, and Doug, like I actually really appreciated Doug's comments um, earlier in the year about like this coaching staff and how they had like a lot of potential. And I think Doug even said, hey, but they all need to like have that authority to be able to control things and stuff. But they're not. They don't. Like, it, it is Freddie Kitchen's show, which, when you're a head coach, I mean, it's got to be, like, your job's on the line first. So, it's, like, you it is kind of got to be your way or their highway. But, like, why do you have all these good coordinators and stuff? Like, the offensive coordinator, Munkin? Like, why is, he yeah. even, why is he even on this team? Like, why is he on the coaching staff? That's a good freaking question. If I was Because he's teams. not making play calls. Like, he's not calling plays. Yeah. I would be Which just goes it. to add to your point there, duh. But yeah, but still, for sure. So, uh, just just a bad just a bad look. Duh. I almost said Doug, not Doug. Doug, good point, <laughs> but bad look from Baker Mayfield. But hey, it happens. Um, enough about that. Let's just get into the games. Uh, I'm super excited about this week, week nine. A uh, lot of teams that can really take advantage of things and. Honestly, the point spreads are way closer this week because there's just a lot of good games. So we're really looking forward to that. Let's start off with the Thursday night game, which is the San Francisco 49ers versus the Arizona Cardinals. 49ers are 10-point favorites. Man, they looked fucking good last week. They looked really good. Uh, And I shouldn't say this week. It's been all year. But, like, last week... 
I know that I took the Carolina Panthers to cover the spread because I thought they were going to finally face like a more tough team, but man, they just steamrolled them. So <clears throat> I'm going to start off with, even though that I think the Cardinals are playing a lot better. Yeah, I can't do it. I'm going to take the Niners at 10. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Sorry, you got me laughing there. <laughs> I thought you froze. And you just froze mentally. No, it wasn't any technical difficulties. It was that brain going, uh, I don't know, Jim. Let's, yep. let's pump the brakes and back it up here a second. Take another <laughs> look. Um, You do make a good point there. On um, The cards have looked better this year. I just, can the Cardinals, can they keep this game close? Have they been close in any of their other games that we've noticed to where they'll play the 49ers and look, all right, we can do this. Here's the thing, why I hesitated. They have the pass rushers to disrupt Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. Jimmy G is the type of quarterback that can cost you a ball game pretty quickly. Obviously, every quarterback can. A couple of interceptions can cost you a game. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. we've seen it more from Jimmy G. And so that's why I hesitated. I was just like, okay, if he gets some pressure on him, forces some stuff, they have some, they have some good athletes in the defensive backfield of the Cardinals. They give those, that uh, Kyler Murray a short field. They might be able to put up some points. But at the same time, I think that the Niners are going to just try to run it down their throat and probably be pretty successful. And uh, I saw a stat today that the linebacker for the Cardinals is averaging like 90% completion percentage to tight ends. George Kittle's going to go off. Yeah. So that's why I ended up going with the Niners. My real question was just the Cardinals offensive line being able to stop this pass rush. And then the same thing on the opposite side. Can the Cardinals pass rush get to Jimmy Garoppolo? Is this 49ers offense healthy enough now and again to protect Jimmy G? Or is Chandler Jones going to have himself a heyday? I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. I think it'll be something like 24-14. 24-13, something like that. Yeah. I can see that. I just I feel like Kyle Shanahan is just going to scheme apart this defense, especially with Emmanuel Sanders. And what you just said about George Kittle, yeah, I'm taking San Francisco. We've talked through this pretty well for me to kind of feel comfortable in that decision. Um, Our next game to start— Can we start, do the prophets? Oh, yes. Good, good save there. Appreciate that. Yep. Um, so Thursday night prop bets. We'll go ahead and start with the 49ers. Treese, you start with the Niners. You go first there, and I'll go first for the Cardinals. All right, Jimmy G, 232 passing yards. I will take the – I'm going to take the under. And I'm going to take the over just due to the fact of what I said a second ago that I think Jimmy G – or that Kyle Shanahan, excuse me, just schemes apart this defense for the Cardinals and – his newfound toy in Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a game of welcome to the 49ers. Cool. Tevin Coleman, 68 rushing yards with the injuries to Brita and Mozart and Wilson's even banged up. I think it's going to be the Coleman show. So 68 yards. I think it's a very safe over. I agree. I mean, what he did last week was just amazing. And to add upon that, that game last week or Sunday was an ass whooping by the 49ers. Like they literally took the Panthers, bent them over their knee, and said, wop, 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 with the bell on bear skin. 
and the Carolina Panthers went all the way home crying. <laughs> uh, still in timeout. Still in timeout. Emmanuel Sanders, 53 receiving yards. I'm going to go the under. Wow. I'm taking the over. I Like I just said, this is his opportunity to have a big game with, with Kyle Shanahan. All right. I like it. like it. Uh, George Kittle, 68 receiving yards. I'm going to go the over. I'll join you there as well. That last stat that you mentioned has just got me all giddied up for it. Love it. All right, here's you going first now. Kyler Murray, 239 passing yards. Now, this is where I kind of go, ah, shit. I'm going to say the under. I think that he does get some garbage time yards in the fourth quarter when this game is over, or maybe it's close, but I don't think he's over that 200-yard mark where he starts to kind of start hitting those, those big old shots down the field. If he's not at this 240 yards, 240 yards, I think that San Francisco probably ends up winning by 25-plus. Uh, they have no running game at this point. David Johnson's probably not playing. Edmonds is out. They just signed Drake, they're, so they're going to have a uh, running back that's been in the on the team for less than a week by the time mm-hmm. he plays. Like They're going to be passing it a lot. So I will say over on that. Uh, speaking of Drake, he's on the next one since David Johnson didn't know if he was playing. I didn't want to put him on there. So Drake, 44 rushing yards. I'm going to take the over here. I think he's pissed off about the situation he was in in Miami. Um, he's getting a fresh start here. Why not come to the Arizona Cardinals, a team that is needing a running back um, after the injuries of their last two, and just kind of come in and show, hey, I have something to offer, and this is his opportunity to show other teams that he can be a starting running back for them. I'm going to take the under here. I Again, I just don't think that they're going to run the ball very often, and I think when they do, it's going to be the Kyler Murray show. Uh, for Let's see. Let's do Larry Fitzgerald at 49 receiving yards. I'm going first here again. I'll take the over. I don't I don't think Christian Kirk is going to be much of an option this game. Larry Fitzgerald just always finds a way to get open. Yeah, I'm gonna take Fitzgerald and then Kirk, I'll just take the under since that's our last one. I'll just end it there. Over okay. under. Okay. I'm actually gonna go opposite here. So I'm gonna go under forty nine for Fitzgerald and over fifty five for Kirk. So we are exact opposite on that. It's going to be an interesting game, though, because, I mean, it can go either way. It can be a very close game, a hard-fought game that it has everyone's attention, or it's going to be a freaking snooze fest and a blowout that people stop watching by the third quarter. Yeah, for sure. For and sure. that's the exciting part of the NFL. Um, so let's go ahead and break down into – do you want to go into the games or do you kind of want to hit our midseason? We're already in this. We'll yeah. just keep doing this. We're already here. Um, so our next game to start the Sunday slate is going to be the Washington Redskins traveling to New York to face the Buffalo Bills, where Josh Allen and them are favored by nine and a half. And I'm going to take the Redskins. They cannot be happy or not the Redskins. Excuse me. I'm going to take the Bills because they cannot be happy with the performance that they put up last week against the Eagles. Um, it was a pretty close game until the turnovers from Allen. And then the Eagles just kind of found opportunities in their defense to make something happen. 
Um, so I think they clean that up and they make a difference and they're able to beat the Redskins here by 10 at least. And then the Redskins, yeah, they kept it close against the Vikings, but I don't think it was anything. I don't think it was anything in value for them to kind of keep growing off of it and have other teams necessarily worried about them because I think they're still fighting for that number one draft spot or at least the top two or three. So if they win a game here, they kind of just keep moving themselves out because the Bengals and the Dolphins are right there with them in this race for the first pick in the draft. And is Keenum playing, by the way? Uh, I actually haven't heard. Because Haskins, I mean, played pretty much the whole rest of that game. Not very well either, by the way. No, he hasn't, but like... The dude's been set up for failure every time he's come into a game. Like he's never gotten reps. He's come in cold in the second half every single time. Like I don't know what to you would expect from a rookie like that that clearly needed some time to before he was ready anyways. Uh by the way, Keenum did practice today in partial practice, but yeah. Um I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Redskins here. I, I think the Bills win, but I think they only win by a touchdown. I, I just, this Bills team, I just, it's so hard for me to predict them winning by double-digit points. They're just not that team. They're a team that are that's okay and comfortable winning those one-score games that are close. And they and do I it think, well. Yeah. I think it's going to be their defense that steps up this game more than the offense. Yeah, that's that's kind of why I think I think the defense realized what happened last week against the Eagles and they go, hey, we got to step it up another level. Yeah, that's right. All right. Next game. It is the game in London, the early game, the pancakes and football type of game. And that is the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, oh, boy. So the Texans are favored by a point and a half in Jacksonville. In in Duval. No, in London. That, duh. In London. <laughs> like, why why do I do this, Trees? <laughs> like, you just said it. I just said it. Damn it, Austin. I love it, Get dude. your I'm, shit together. I love it. Um, As you all know, this last game, the last time these guys played week two, it was a hell of a game. Jags ended up losing by one. It was Minshew's first start. He drove them down, two-minute drill. They scored a touchdown, went for two, and did not get it. They gave the ball to Leonard Fournette when Minshew was hot and scrambling around. Why they did that, I don't know. And that's also when Fournette was playing like shit. Also, I loved the shout-out last episode about how he's playing really well now, and it's ever since I uh, gave him a little little talking to. Yeah. So— it 100% was me, by the way, uh, if anybody's asking. So if, you know, Jack's front office wants to talk about motivating players, I'm, I'm available. Uh, what, here's the deal. I like the way the Jags are playing right now. They have won back-to-back games, given it's been against meh opponents. But, I mean, they've, they've felt in full control of both of those games. And the pass rush is just dominating right now. Uh, almost 10% of the snaps they get a sack um, on passing plays. They're, they're, oh man, Josh Allen is so good. He's got seven sacks right now, two forced fumbles. And I know Nick Bosa is getting all the love for rookie of the year talk, but 
Josh Allen needs to be in that discussion. He is he is really, really good. And Yannick Ngakwe is like, all right, Jalen's gone. I'm getting paid, but let me uh let me make sure I get like top three uh defensive end money by having an awesome year right now. He's doing great. Uh Minshew back to being what Minshew Mania was this week after a couple uh subpar games. Uh really liked the way he was playing. Uh, really liked the way they got Conley involved. That was awesome. Uh, and Fournette's just being a stud, being second second in rushing yards. So what I'm getting at is I think the J.J. Watt injury is going to be a big loss for the Texans, and this is the first game that they're going to have without him in basically two years now, a year and a half, and it's going to take some getting used to, and I think that the Jags try to take advantage of that, and I think they end up winning in London, so I will take the Jags. I couldn't agree with you anymore. This defense is just churning and on freaking fire. They traded away Jalen Ramsey. This defense said, we don't give a shit. Calais Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, and Josh Allen said, yo, check this out. Sack, 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 sack. Like, just any freaking time they want. It's just like, hey, which one wants this one? And then if they start doing rock, paper, scissors on the field, like, we see with Alabama wide receivers, I'm going to lose it. It would be awesome. Like, it, that would be hysterical. If you guys actually listen to this, anyone on the Jaguars team or that has an in with the Jaguars, please just have them play rock, paper, scissors on the field just for shits and gigs. That would honestly be really interesting. Okay. And then if the guy who won rock, paper, scissors gets the sack, the internet would explode. It would break. NFL Twitter shutting down. Yeah. <sighs> That's a great celebration. We also, so if any players need some good celebration ideas or anything like that on the field, you can call, contact us. <laughs> right here, talking football. Talking underscore football. That is our Twitter handle. Um, we're there. Don't forget about us. We're there. Um, but yeah, the Texans, I, I said this in my re, my weekly recap for uh, the Score Crow, and it's the fact that with the AFC South, it comes down to who's going to stay healthy. And that's a storyline I'm going to follow because the AFC South is totally up for grabs. It is totally up in the air on who can make a difference and get rolling at the right time. Yes, the Texans and the Colts are up top. The Jaguars and the Titans are below. Four and four record. So much can happen when you're four and four. Like the Jaguars could not lose another game and potentially be a top seed in the NFL playoffs, right? Yeah, like they have that opportunity if all goes well. And the Texans, they're starting to fall apart. If the Jaguars are able to get sacks this easily, this Texas offensive line is not going to do much. And Deshaun Watson is going to have to do another miracle type work this this week again with a pirate eye. I mean, who knows what that eye's looking like so far into the week. But, boy, he took a shot last week, and I don't know how that ball didn't get intercepted. Hell of a play. But the Texans Fantastic. still almost lost. Yeah. They still sure. almost lost that game. And the Jaguars, like you said, Treese, Minshew's looking hot. Conley's involved. They put Lee on IR. It doesn't matter because it's Shark, Westbrook, and Conley. Yeah. And they're tied in to who's the one that Minshew's starting to trust. Why do I not know his name right now? Josh Olivers, who started playing, and he had a couple – yeah, I think he had one catch, but he had three or four targets this game. Oh, okay, Oliver. Well, it's clear that Minshew is starting to put some more trust in him. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's three or four targets, but I can almost guarantee that those three or four targets 
are in kind of key situations on a second or third down. Yeah, they were for sure. Yeah. And sorry, sorry to get off topic, but to go off of like how the Jags can go on a run, I love the Jaguars' end of their schedule. This is starting in December. They played the Bucks, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Falcons, then the Colts, but at home. That's five very, very winnable games. Right there. Boom. Yeah. So got to just get got got to get through November. Got three more games left. If you can win two of them, that's fantastic. If you win one, then you got you got some work to do, but it's doable. Uh, let's move on to the next game, which is your team. So I'm going to let you kind of lead the way here. Yeah. Wow. Okay, here we go. The Vikings are traveling to Kansas City to face the Chiefs, where the Vikings are favored by three and a half. Um, no word yet on Patrick Mahomes, but I do know that his mobility was looking better today in practice. Today, um, for us recording on Wednesday, yesterday for you guys listening, October 30th, um, on for the practice that I'm discussing here. But if I'm the Chiefs, I don't want my quarterback playing with better mobility this week. I want him playing with great mobility, great health and strength, and no second guessing on anything with his knee. I know he wants to play and he thinks he can play. But, dude, you're going to be here for 15 to 20 years. Chill out. Like, your team is fine right now. You guys almost beat the Packers. Like, you really you take away a fumble and a missed field goal. The, the field goal hits and they don't fumble. Who knows what that Chiefs offense does there? And if the Chiefs defense doesn't drop an interception that should have been made by Breland, who knows what the outcome of that game is in. But it's just those little things that change a game. And so that's why I think the Chiefs are able to cover here. I think if they do lose, it's going to be by a field goal. I think this is going to be a close game. The Vikings, I think their running game is going to be successful, but the real question for this Chiefs secondary is how they look against this wide receiver set. Is Adam Thielen playing? Diggs is playing? Does Rudolph get involved against this linebacking core? Who do the Chiefs bring in at the linebacking core? They're still figuring out this defense and figuring out which guys go in what situation. This is a good game for the Chiefs to kind of really learn about themselves some more. But I will take the Chiefs to cover. It's not just me being a homer. It's me watching them play last week and then knowing that they'll capitalize on those mistakes. And I have a feeling Andy Reid, excuse me, I have a feeling Andy Reid's going to be a little bit more um, explosive or aggressive. That's what I'm looking for. He's going to be more aggressive this week. Um, and I'm excited to see what the Chiefs will do Thursday or Sunday afternoon. That's awesome. I'm going to take Minnesota. And it's strictly just because I don't know if they have an answer for Dalvin Cook. That's all it is. I saw what Aaron Jones, obviously, and Jamal Williams did. That Those two really are what beat you. It wasn't the wide receivers. It wasn't even Aaron Rodgers. It was strictly just the talent of running backs just being able to make plays. Like, even the pl- like Aaron Rodgers, I know he had multiple touchdowns and a lot of yards, but it was screen passes. It was swings. It was the little, sh- like, flip passes right like it was just yeah. like those type of things and i just see that they could use dalvin cook and even uh madison the the rookie running back uh to, using those two in that kind of formation and whatnot so i think that it is going to be a good game though i don't think this game is going to be a blowout but i do see the vikings winning by you know six or seven points there uh we talked about this before the podcast started. i actually moved the chiefs up in my power rankings this week even though they lost i was super impressed by what they did and really like a team like the chiefs like they're a defense that have enough players that like a week that you allow a bunch of big explosive plays 
it's not like the Bengals where you're like, yeah, this team just isn't very good, and that's why they do that. Like, the Chiefs have the talent. It was just, it, honestly, like, just give credit to the Packers for, like, the play calling and whatnot to just make things happen, but it's not something that's going to be continuous for the Chiefs. So, um, and I'm with you on uh, Mahomes. Even if you guys lose this week, you're still one game up in the division no matter what happens. So, yeah. um, and to build off you real quick, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you're good. The Chiefs defense had five sacks against Aaron Rodgers and that offensive line. Without Frank Clark, without Chris Jones, and their secondary did just good enough without their best corner, Kendall Fuller. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. So I'm with you. Uh, I do. So I do think that they lose again. That would drop them to five and four, but still in control of their division. And this Chiefs team, obviously you want home field advantage, especially at Arrowhead. Obviously a huge advantage. But I think this team is like, we don't give a fuck. We'll go anywhere. And we're going to beat anybody in the playoffs. Like, they have that confidence. Yeah, especially with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. Uh, let's go ahead and move on from this game, though. The Jets are traveling to Miami, where Sam Darnold and Mono and the rest of whoever left is on their freaking team, mentally-wise, um, are favored by three. Because if you're Mr. Adams or you're Mr. Bell, how the hell do you stay on this team? How do you find the desire to play on this team when your head coach has already been in the media saying that's not your guy or has been put out in the media that you're not his guy and your new general manager just tried to trade you at the deadline or at least took offers? They either come in this week and play pissed or they just stop giving a shit. Yeah, I think Bill does come in and – this is this is the part. This is the stretch of the schedule where I've always thought Bill was gonna kind of like take off, and people would be like, "Oh, okay, Bill is back." Uh, Adams, I don't think you have that. I think that the dude is passionate enough that he'll play and whatnot. But yeah, I think he's easily gone during the off season. Uh, I think Bell sticks around though, and all year I've been saying Dolphins are gonna accidentally win a game or two. They accidentally win this game. One hundred percent. It's not they don't just cover, they fucking win. I'm I'm glad you're saying that because I'm in a complete agreement. Cool. And I almost said those exact words, but I wanted I didn't want to keep talking. I felt like I talked a lot with that last game. So. <laughs> That's fine. Uh but it'll be interesting. So they uh uh Dolphins, they're sticking with Pitt, Fitzpatrick and like whatever. I at this point, like I don't really care. I I, I have no ties to Rosen so it doesn't bother me either way uh, I think the wide receivers make some plays against this Jets defensive back field I think that like this is like a Parker has a couple touchdown game um what's it, a Preston Williams probably has like a bunch of yards mm-hmm. like it's just one of those things and what's their running back's name the kid that went to Miami University and then Cincinnati Walton Mark Walton. Uh, um, yeah, Mark I Walton. should know this, but I don't. I really don't remember off the top of my head. I think it's Mark Walton. I'm like 99.5% sure. Uh, so it's his show now. It's his rodeo. It's going to be an interesting game. It's not one that I'm going to be watching like all my focuses into it, but I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on it for sure. Um, let's go ahead and get to our next matchup, the Bears versus the Eagles, where Mr. Wentz and them are favored by four and a half at home. And I'm gonna take the evils the the evils. I'm gonna take the Eagles to cover. They're just gonna keep rolling off what they did last week. 
The Bears, they're clearly in frustration mode. This defense is doing everything it can to keep them in games. And Mitchell Trubisky's going, you know what? I don't know what's going on with me mentally, but I really don't fucking care. Defense, have this toss. Or he just overthrows a receiver or he doesn't make the right read. Whatever it is is just not working out for him in this Bears team. Whether it's play calling, coaching, anything, it's not looking good. But the Eagles, they're starting to figure things out. Their one-two punch on the running back position is looking great. Um, and I think Sean Jackson, does he come back this week? Or yeah. Am I setting you up for failure there if you know? No, he, he practiced today. Yeah. Well, look the fuck out. Yeah. So – uh, I actually almost texted you uh, the other day when our last episode came out because you were like, why did we pick the Bills to win this game? And like, what were we thinking? We had a full-on discussion about how we're like, this seems like one of these games that the Eagles just fucking explode against the Bills. And that's exactly what they did. And I, for some reason, talked myself into taking the Bills last week. Never again. Never. And then look, and there's me right there. Hey, uh, I think I'm going to follow Trace into this dark tunnel of wrongness. You chose the Bills before me in that, but that's fine. I'm going to take Philly <laughs> in this game. I think that the Bears, I mean, the way that the Chargers are playing right now, like they're they're a bottom like six or seven team in the NFL. And if you can own, if you lose to them, like, yikes. So, uh, the Bears are in a tough spot. Like, thinking this through, like with Trubisky, they're in a really tough spot. Like, this is... It's an easy comparison, but I'm going to do it. <clears throat> this is very 2018-esque Jaguars. Like, defense is so elite. You have some playmakers. Your quarterback is clearly holding you back. Yet the coaching staff and front office just loves the quarterback for whatever reason. I think it's more of like a person, like a personality thing. They just love him. It's exactly what the Jags did with Blake Bortles. Like the players knew that Blake wasn't the guy to lead them to the next thing, but the front office just liked him and believed that he could, right? And they just wanted him so bad. And I feel like that's kind of the way the bears are treating Trubisky right now. I think the front office loves him due to the fact that they traded up one spot to get him when Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were sitting there like eight or nine picks back directly afterwards. Yeah. Ten or eleven here, my bad. No, nine or ten. Oh, you're right, you're right. So, yeah. I think that's where that relationship is. I don't think the coaching staff is a big fan of Trubisky. I think Nagy feels limited in his play calling and what he can do, and he's maybe starting to get frustrated that – there's a possibility I lose my job because this guy cannot grasp my offense because this guy cannot grasp the basic essentials of being successful in this offense enough to get us going in the right direction. And he can't hit guys down the field when they're open. And I think that's where Niggy's getting frustrated by in a sense, or maybe he's in a spot where he's going, Hey, I really just don't know what else I can do to help this kid. I feel like I am making it as basic as possible, and we are still making mistakes. So yeah. he's frustrated. That's so fair. if the front office goes, hey, let's go trade for another quarterback, that is huge on Mr. Pace. Because what other general manager do you know that goes, ah, man, me giving up that many assets for a quarterback to him not be successful 
You know what I mean? That's like a captain jumping off a sinking ship almost. If you if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I can see that. I'm with you there. All right, cool. Let's move on. We got. I feel bad for Schulte though. Ah, he'll be fine. He'll be <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, hey, if heaven forbid Nagy got fired this year, uh, he can come to the Jags as their OC because DeFilippo's getting a head coaching job this this off season. So, um, he can come over. That's fine. He's not getting fired this year. He did. Bears did too well last year for him to get fired this year. I mean, I I agree on the firing, but let's just say his seat's probably getting a little warm. It's Maybe good. he's warming the seat up himself because he's just stressed and anxious, you know. And when you get in that situation, your body gets a little warm and your yeah. blood gets a little boiled. Maybe that's what's happening there. Maybe that is. <laughs> All right, Indianapolis Colts versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Colts are one point favorites. Uno. You want me to go first? I I'll go first if you want. I'll go first. I'm taking the Steelers here. I think their defense is alive, and I think this defense will be able to hinder that running game. And this, if I'm wrong, I really don't care about this game because this is a true test for Jacoby Brissett, um, leading this team in the passing game. Can he lead this offense? and this entire team only through the air to help them win because their running game has been fantastic. Can Jacoby Brissett do it all in the air? Yes, he's made plays and he's looked great, but once again, can he do it? If he can, awesome. We just learned that much more about the Colts and this team moving forward. Their defense, we already know what it is. I'm not really necessarily worried about Pittsburgh's offense. I'm just worried about what their defense can do for the Colts and how Jacoby will respond. So this is a game that I'm interested in, very excited to watch happen. This one's tough because the the running back core of Pittsburgh is just so beat up. Uh, Benny Snell and James Conner both got hurt in the fourth quarter on Monday night. Uh, Jalen Samuels already out for another week. I just don't know what they're going to do at running back position. And you got you don't have Big Ben back there to kind of lead the way. I know Mason Rudolph's playing well, but it's still you always like to have that those running backs to be able to lean on. So that's tough. But I am going to pick. My heart wants to pick the Steelers because I just want the Jags to catch up a game, but I can't do that. I'm going to take the Colts. Okay. And that's fair. I mean, I don't think we're we've been upset about either difference that we've had. There's only been a couple, but I think we're pretty much in agreement that these games can kind of go either way. And I like that that we're at that point this week with everything, especially with all these spreads being so close, like you mentioned at the beginning of the show. Um, so let's go ahead and get into our next game with the Titans versus the Panthers. The Panthers are favored by three and a half, and we'll be starting Kyle Allen in this game. I'm actually going to take the Titans to cover. Um, nah, nah, uh, am I, what do I want to do here? Trees, dude, you just reminded me of that, that video that's going around of the lady. That's like, <laughs> oh, when she tries <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah. when she the drink and she doesn't like it that she does. You're the male version of that right there. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh shit. That's a pretty good resemblance there. <laughs> 
Ah, bro, I don't know. Nope, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to the Titans. I think Ryan Tannehill is a difference for that team. I think he's giving them just enough of a spark to get moving in the right direction. The Panthers took a beating last week, but I think it was a big enough beating for these Tennessee Titans to go, hey, we saw their weakness. Let's just explode it a little more. And their defense, their pass rush, isn't that bad, especially with Simmons in the lineup down along that defensive line. Hey, look out. Because he is looking pretty damn good coming off the injury and is the true steal of that draft if he continues to improve for this team going forward. So, yeah, I'm sticking with the Titans. My initial thought, yep. Yep, yep, yep. I'm going to take – oh, I put your I put Tennessee on your name. I'm going to take the Panthers here. I think that they come back. I think that they, they're back home. I think they understand what went wrong that last game. I think that they find ways to get the wide receivers the ball, get McCaffrey still going. I mean, he's McCaffrey still had a great game, even with the ass beating that they took last game. And I think that Keekley says, thank God I don't have George Kittle coming at me every single play. Do you see all the times that he was just blocking and just knocking Kittle on his ass? Having multiple times that game. I'm sure it did. I He's didn't so see good. it, but I'm He's sure it so did. Good. Um, and I just think that Allen gets back on track. I think Allen's just saying, hey, that was my first game with interception, given I had three of them, so first really bad game. <laughs> uh, let's get back to the game plan. Let's play it safe. Let's just make the key throws at the key moments and then let McCaffrey do everything else. And I think that Keekley's saying, hey, that, sh- that type of shit does not happen on my watch since he's the captain of that defense, and he comes back angry, and I think that he just lights Derrick Henry up a few times. So I'm going to say Panthers win this game by over three and a half. Lights Derrick Henry up, Mr. 6-2. You heard Did you hear my commentary on his freaking legs last, or yes. last episode? Yes. I literally was yelling into my headphones. Tree trunks, Austin. You're looking for the word tree trunks. That's <laughs> 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 eventually you got to it. So I was like, ah, yeah. good boy. Good Man, job. It's, it's hard going solo because you have a thought and you can't go, hey, you talk a little bit till I get this collected. You really just kind of have to talk yourself through it until Dude, you I get might, it. I might be going solo, what, next week? Because you're going to be at LSU Alabama. Uh, yeah, because I'm going to be driving back on Sunday. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll not. But, um, okay, we disagree on that one. So that's a few in a row now. Let's go to the next one. The Lions versus the Raiders. Um, Sorry, I just want to see what you do here. Clicking on that. I want to see if you fix your spelling of the Raiders. Yes. yes. Similar to what you did with the old Panthers there. Yeah, I forgot the H on Panthers. <laughs> as you saw, I fixed the that. The old Panthers and the Raiders. Yep. <laughs> Um, uh, you guys can't see it, but it's pretty funny. Should have been here for it. Sucks you didn't. Um, with this game, though, the Lions are traveling to Oakland where the Raiders are favored by two. And I'm going to take the Detroit Lions. I think this last week's game was an opportunity for them to kind of grow upon their offense. Um, Matthew Stafford is looking good. He's just kind of adding to the season. He's been doing well, really putting this team on his back. And that defense, it hasn't been anything great. They did not trade Slay, and so I think this is the game for him to go, hey, 
there's a reason you didn't trade me, and there's a reason I still should be here. And so I think this is a game where he could have an interception or two against Derek Carr. I can see that happening. So I'm taking the Raiders to cover, or the Lions to cover here. This is one of those games that, like, did the Raiders are just playing better. They are just playing pretty damn well, to be honest. And <clears throat> they're playing well against the these type of teams. Like, they did it against the Colts. They did it against the Texans. I mean, they beat, well, lost to the Texans, but it was close. But I think that the Lions are playing with a little bit of fire where they know another loss early is probably going to cost them a playoff chance. They can't just continue to lose these games. And I know they beat the Giants last week, but like you can't lose these type of games. These aren't the ones you need to save your losses for if you're playing the Packers or the Vikings, like you can't lose these ones. Um, so I'm going to say that Detroit does cover because I think they win the game. So yeah. We're in a grant. Look at that. Oh, there we go. Uh, first out of the last three games. Um, let's head to our next matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the good, the bad, and the ugly Jameis Winston are traveling to Seattle where the Seahawks are favored by six. I'm taking all the Seahawks. Um, I'm not sure if you caught that, Trace. Jameis Winston is the good, the bad, and the ugly all wrapped into one. And we all saw it happen last freaking game. He looked bad, and then he looked pretty damn good, and then it got pretty fucking ugly real quick, <laughs> and they lost. I mean, what's freaking new? It's Jameis Winston. Um, He's definitely not going to be the quarterback next year. The real question for them is just going to be, or for him, is which franchise's bench is he going to be sitting on next year? That's an interesting question. Maybe just swirl that one around a little bit because he sure as hell ain't going to be in fucking Tampa where he better not be. So, yeah, I'm riding with the Seahawks. They're looking good. Russell Wilson, just keep adding to that MVP resume, baby. Just keep adding to it. DK Metcalf, looking good. He's going to have a heyday against this defense. I'm excited to see it. Do you think that the Tampa Bay Bucks under Arians, do you think that they are going to want to draft a quarterback or go into free agency and get one? I think this next offseason is going to be interesting on the talent of quarterback that's going to be available. So I think they wait. I mean, I think, I think, mm, here, instead of stuttering, I think they might take a quarterback in the draft, but it's going to be later. And then they're just going to kind of hope, you know, they can get someone in free agency. Yeah. Like Aaron's, he just, he's the guy that to me that wants like the veteran quarterback. Yeah. So, I think they try to. I think they try to get one in free agency and, ro- and roll with that. And it's going to be a guy who needs a second chance, like a Carson Palmer. Yeah, exactly. Right, or a uh, like Blaine Gabbert. He gave Blaine Gabbert a shot as well. I'm not saying him for this team. Isn't yeah. he already on this team? Um, is think, he in Arizona still? No, I think he's in Tampa Bay, but I think he's on IR. I don't know. You set me up for failure there. Really sure. appreciate that. My bad. Um, the question is, I mean, which veteran is he going to want to give a second effort to? Is it Marcus Mariota? Um, is it Andy Dalton? Is it Mitchell Trubisky? No, it's not going to be Trubisky. Is it Nick Foles? Is it Cam Newton? Is it Cam Newton? 
Like, there's going to be a lot of vets that are probably available this offseason. Does Eli Manning retire? Does Tom Brady leave the New England Patriots? <laughs> so many, so many options. That's a serious. Uh, I mean, Adam Schefter brought that up and pointed out a lot of coincidental things that are taking place by Tom Brady and his family. And it really had me going, oh my God, he's gone. Yeah. And we're going to watch the New England Patriots play with a decent quarterback this next season. And then the next year, they're going to get Trevor Lawrence and they're just going to restart their fucking dynasty. <laughs> they're not going to be that bad where they get Trevor Lawrence. They're going to trade up. <laughs> they go into the draft with like 12 fucking picks. Let's trade 11 of them. We're fine. <laughs> and the uh, and the other one they don't trade will just be another all pro at some other position. <laughs> yeah, in like round six. Yeah. Bill sitting on and we'll just draft a six eight tight end. We'll see what he can do. Uh-huh. Oh shit, uh, Junior. How about this? I'm gonna take the Bucks this game. You're nuts, dude. I am nuts. I'm it's jet lag from that one hour and twenty minute flight, dude. Uh <laughs> What's going to be annoying is if the Bucks cover, you're going to go, hey, remember when you called me nuts for picking the Bucks? 100%. Yeah, absolutely will. Uh, no, because I think, I think I'm fucking crazy for doing it. But to your point about Jameis Winston, he has these fucking games randomly that he just looks unreal. And this is going to be one of them. In Seattle, where they have no business being in this game. And it's going to be a Godwin has like 190 yards and two touchdowns. And like Mike Evans, will pro- since he went off last week, he'll probably have like one catch for 17 yards. Yet they still do it. Um, who was a good running back last week? Whichever one it was, it'll be the other guy this week. And, the- and he'll go off. Maybe it's Ronald Jones. Maybe it's Peyton Barber. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Hargraves, right when you think that he's like a bust, he'll have a pick six. You know, <laughs> just random shit. And all of a sudden, you it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You're looking and you're like, holy shit. The Bucks have the ball and are only down by two. They might win this shit. That's what's going to happen. Bruce Arians has got to be sitting there. If that happened, I mean, if you're right on everything you just said, <laughs> Bruce Arians has got to be going... Why the fuck did I come back? I don't know what the hell to do. I'm yeah. sick of this shit again. This fucking sucks. Jameis, just stop it. Like, yeah, seriously. They might just release him because they're tired of not knowing what's going on. I'm tired of you being good. I'm tired of you being bad. Like, just, we're done. We got to move on. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to the Browns versus the Broncos. And the Browns are three-and-a-half-point favorites against that Broncos team that is going to be without Joe Flacco. And that's what I was just going to ask. If Joe Flacco's playing this game, are, is this game just like an even matchup? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it might oh, be the yeah. third, like, just even. Just straight. Oh man, um, I'm gonna take the Browns. I just don't see the Broncos doing anything. Man, I feel bad for Von Miller. I do. He's gone. And he's won a Super Bowl. Fuck it. He's, he's gone fine. after this off season. He's getting traded. Oh, this off season, okay. for sure. Um, and, and that's an interesting. That's an interesting landing spot. Where? Wherever he goes. It's oh, going to be yeah. interesting. Watch, yeah. It's going to be New England. Oh, for sure. For sure. And um, I'm going to take the Browns as well. So, 
There, I mean, uh, there's not much to add here. The Browns the are going to go off. Baker's going to look somewhat okay. Um, this Broncos team, they're on the verge of just giving up. Like, yeah. they've got to be sick and tired of it. Emmanuel Sanders gets traded, and John Elway goes to guys in the locker room know why. Like, come on, douchebag. Like, you can't pick a quarterback, and that's your response. Yeah, I, seriously, I'm with you. And, yeah, this is going to be, for sure, it's going to be, an, again, I mean, he, he had an awesome game this week as well, besides the fumbles. Nick Chubb show. He's going to go off again. And, yeah, I, I know a lot of Browns fans say it, but this is Nick Chubb's team. Like, they, he should get the credit that Baker gets. 100%. I mean, and it's I the same that. thing with the uh, the Giants last season. This offensive line sucks. Eli Manning can't do anything in this offense. And then Saquon Barkley just goes the fuck off. This offensive line sucks. Baker Mayfield can't do anything. Nick Chubb rushes for 200 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, what? <laughs> like, what? And then you're going to get Kareem Hunt in there? Holy shit. Holy shit. Is that going to be a problem, though? Because Nick Chubb is clearly a guy that gets stronger and stronger as the game goes on and looks better and better the more carries he gets. So does Kareem Hunt. I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Kareem that's Hunt what I was about to say. Is, is so versatile in the passing game where that, that's what their play calling is going to become. It screens and dump off to Kareem Hunt and running it down the throat with Chubb, and then there's going to be a toss to, to Hunt or a dive with Hunt that randomly just explodes, and then they're going to be like, huh, we're kind of starting to figure it out. Our play calling's looking a little better. No? You're just finally deciding to run the fucking ball. It's not that you got any better. It's just that you kind of figured it out. So if you're Freddie Kitchens and you have Kareem Hunt here and you're John Dorsey as well, you you have to tell Kitchens, give Hunt the ball, and let's trade this son of a gun. Let's get something back out of it. Because there's going to be a team that needs a running back next season. Whether it's the Tennessee Titans, whether it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you put another team out there that needs a running back, the Arizona Cardinals. You put Kareem Hunt in that offense. The Detroit Lions. Hey, that's a big help for Matthew Stafford. Yeah. I mean, he's a free agent after this year. He only signed a one-year deal. Damn it. I mean, he's still on his rookie. Uh, I know because you got released by the Chiefs on the rookie deal. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he'll have his choice. But all those – my point is those all those options are going to be valid and, like, free for him to choose, which is might even be better for him. Right? Yeah. Like, so – um, let's move on to the next one, and that's the Packers and the Chargers. Uh, speaking of that, I didn't tell you this. I went by the new stadium this weekend, too. In, in LA. New, oh, okay. For the Chargers and Rams. Okay, I was going to say, that's for the Rams. The Chargers are leaving. <laughs> they will be leaving in five years. Um, yeah, but a lot of work still to do. It's nice because I'm so close to like the, that one and the Vegas one. Like, and now I've seen them. I've seen Vegas one multiple times being built, but this one now I've seen it live and dude, it's crazy how much work obviously that goes into that. And it just like, it looks like it's so far away and given, I don't 
build shit so i don't understand what what's close mm-hmm. and what's not but i'm like it looks like it's way far away and really they could make yeah but in two months it's going to look way better you know anyway because their stadium is designed to look like that steel structure yeah kind of follow the ram head yeah which is why it kind of sucks that the chargers are going to be playing there because that stadium is shaped as the rams logo right yeah <laughs> well Anyways, Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites, and I'm taking the Packers. Uh, We all saw what they did last week. I don't think that it's going to get any better. I think this defense, this defensive pass rush against this offensive line and uh, Phil Rivers Rivers who can't move, uh, big-time yikes. Uh, Green Bay, honestly, by double digits. Uh, Completely agree with you there. Did we discuss Josh Rosen going to the Chargers? Yes, we did. Have you noticed that's kind of starting to hit like national media waves? No, like we, we talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah, and we actually we talked about it during. Actually, no, we talked about it last week because that was the trade that we said. Yep, that we should make. Yeah, we said a fourth rounder for Josh Rosen should have been done this week. <laughs> should have been done. Look at us. Look at us go. Um, we're almost done with our games here. Sorry, we're taking so damn long. Uh, the New England Patriots are favored by three, heading to Baltimore. You have to take the Patriots. I mean, they're going to find a way to stop uh, Lamar Jackson. I hope they don't. I hope Lamar Jackson runs all over this defense, and I hope he throws all over him. But Sam Darnold saw Ghost. Who knows what Jackson's going to see? Maybe it's Jamie Collins in a hole. Maybe it's Hightower in a hole. Um, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game because this is a a Sunday night game, correct? It is. This is going to be a good game. Yeah. In Baltimore. I hope they wear their black jerseys. <clears throat> they will, for sure. Ooh. It's gonna look nice. Gonna I'm also game. gonna take I'm also gonna take the Patriots because they're the Patriots and they fucking look unreal and they cause all sorts of fumbles and the Ravens fumble it more than anybody the last two years. So uh I think this is the exact reason why. So let's move on to that Monday night game, which is the always fun. Cowboys versus Giants game that is usually the Sunday night game week one. So happy it wasn't this year for the first time yeah. I think in my entire life. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Giants. I'm gonna take the Giants. The Cowboys are favored by seven and a half in New York. I want to see what Daniel Jones does in prime time, and this is a good opportunity for him to kind of disrupt the standings in the NFC East and kind of mix things up even more for an inconsistent Cowboys team. I want to see how Dak responds to this. I want to see how the Cowboys come off a bye. But I want to take the Giants here. I think this ends up being a closer game on primetime. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Um, so we actually we actually swapped. <laughs> Sorry, my wife just slid a Reese's Pieces under the door. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're um, good. So, what was it? Week two or three when these guys played? I think we did the exact opposite. I was like, dude, I, this game, these games are always close. I got to take the Giants, and you took the Cowboys. Now you're taking the Giants. I'm taking the Cowboys. They're coming off a bye. I think they're going to be ready to set the tone here. I think an easy seven and a half point win for them. Not much trouble there. There, I think they get Zeke going. I think uh, Cooper's probably a little bit more healthy now coming off the bye. So, I think they'll be good to go. Uh, the buys this week are the Falcons, the Rams, the Saints, and the Bengals, who benched Andy Dalton. 
Yes, yeah. on his birthday, and that really sucks for him. Uh, really interesting on what these what the Bengals are gonna do. I'm surprised they didn't trade AJ Green. Me too. Like I don't know. I don't know why you didn't. And if you're gonna bench Andy Dalton, you're clearly ready to move on from him. Just trade him too. Yeah. So I guess uh, when they found out, because that was on Tuesday that that happened, uh, his agent ended up looking, but his agent was just like, "Dude, I didn't have enough time. I had like I had like four hours to try to like contact other teams and make a deal, and it, I just couldn't get it done." Yeah. So and that's that's a tough situation for him to be in. The Rams and the Saints are also on a bye week. Good for them to kind of just get healthier. Really get things lined out. Drew Brees gets another week off with that thumb after an amazing performance last week coming back. Uh, the team I want to talk about here on this bye week is the Atlanta Falcons. I had a discussion with Mr. Kevin Williams, my favorite listener of this podcast. My favorite taco, might I say. Um, and he mentioned that the Falcons should just go ahead and fire Dan Quinn. And I think that's a great discussion. Is this the right time for the Falcons to move on from Dan Quinn? Or do they see how this team responds? Julio Jones has already stood up in the locker room and fought for him there. That's huge to the owner. But at the same time, you aren't winning games. Your starting quarterback's hurt, and your defense is falling apart, and you're a defensive-minded coach. Kevin made a lot of great points, and I, I mean, I can't, I'm not disagreeing with him on anything. I just want to know what your thoughts are. Here's my thoughts. Is the successor on this team? Is he on the coaching staff? I mean, no. Then don't fire him. Just let let the season ride out. That's yeah, my thought. But... That's my thought. Wh- who cares? You're 1-7. You're not going anywhere. What's the worst that happens? You end up winning two games this year and <laughs> still get a top five pick, and then you can hire somebody this off season once everybody's available and you can start really looking at candidates. The only way that I would say it's okay is if you felt like the successor was on this roster and you wanted to give him half of a season to really go through the flow of being the head coach and being the man. So then you don't have those growing pains next year. Once the, the grind of the season starts, uh, I, I totally agree. All the points are valid. I got, and I wouldn't be, mad if they fired him i mean dude that dude fucking owes me money for how bad they've been like it's just disrespectful for what that team's done um but that, the way i see it is just like just stick through it at this point I, I i actually also think it could be like a good thing for when you're looking at candidates you can say that hey like we got um we got things that we can do here and if you're if, even if you're struggling, we stick with you, we're loyal, that type of stuff. I think that'd go well for, for coaching candidates, at least. That's my opinion. <coughs> yeah, I, that's that's a very good point. So. And one that I definitely respect. Thank you, thank you. Um, let's go ahead and do, just recap really quick, because I know that we're almost out of, well, we are out of time, but we're going to spend two more minutes here. Uh, we're going to do our mid-season awards. So, yep. Let's do, should we start from the bottom or the top? Let's go ahead and start from the top, and let's make this a very interactive thing on social. Okay. Like, I want people chewing our asses out, discrediting us, or being like, damn, that's actually a pretty good fucking list. Because I'm not seeing anyone else do this, so I want to make sure we get this out and kind of put out there. And if anyone that's listening knows how to do Photoshop and wants to, like, put some graphics together for us, um, 
pretty cool. It'd be much appreciated. If not, rocking with the old Google Sheets. <laughs> yep. So let's go with MVP. <clears throat> you already said yours last episode, so no surprise to anybody. Yep. Russell Wilson. There he is. Dude is looking stellar. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. He's starting to play even better. The team's doing great, and he's doing all of this without his number one weapon. So I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers as the MVP here. I wanted to, but I wanted to give him a couple more weeks before I said that because I did predict him at the beginning of the season to eventually win this award. You but did. At the, if the season ended today, it would have to be Russell Wilson. That's fair. Offensive player of the year. I will go ahead and go first here. Uh, let's go on and off here. So next one, you go first. I'll go first here. Um, Dalvin Cook. The MVP really doesn't go to running backs unless you're Adrian Peterson and you almost break the all-time rushing yard record in a season. Um, so this is going to be Dalvin Cook for Offensive Player of the Year. I'm going to go with another running back that you just magically forgot about last episode when you just were talking about Just a real douchebag, me. Yep, yep. And I'm going to go with Christian McCaffrey, CMC. So I think that what he's doing there, I think that if that game was closer last week, I think everybody else would be talking about Like Everybody was talking about Christian McCaffrey, but then their team gets blown out this week. So I think that's kind of like died down a little bit. But I'm going to go with him. Defensive player of the year. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa. Seven sacks, interception, fumble recovery, and I think two, sorry, one forced fumble and I think two fumble recoveries. Uh, and he's had his bye, and a, a lot of other teams haven't. And so when everybody else has their bye and he gets that extra game to catch up on a few stats, because I know like Miles Garrett and Barrett are at 10 sacks, give Bosa one maybe two more during that game that those guys have buys. I, I Browns have, have already had their buy, but you get what I'm saying. I guess so is Tampa Bay actually at this point, but other, other players that are nearby, at least he'll, he'll pass them. I don't know if he's going to be the leader in sacks, but I don't think he needs to be the leader in sacks to win this award. Especially with how well their team is playing as a whole. Um, I'm going to take Stefan Gilmore. I'm definitely the best corner in the league right now, especially this season. Um, I've expressed my frustrations on how this guy doesn't get any penalties called against him and that New England Patriot favoritism from the officials. But this dude has had a stellar year, and he's looking great, and no one has really found any success on him. And I don't know who's going to for at least the next four or five weeks because it's going to be a little bit. But that's my defensive player of the year right there. Uh, let's go ahead and head into our rookies, the offensive rookie of the year. Trees, you got a pretty good name sitting right there. But I'm going to go ahead and go first because it's my turn. Um, and I'm going to pick your quarterback, Gardner Minshew. Uh, a kid that was drafted by the Jaguars pretty late in the draft. A guy that you watch preseason and go, hey, I just don't think he's ready to play in the NFL. I just don't think it's going to go that well. And then, boom, here he comes in week one and looks stellar. And he's just kind of taken off from there. So, for me, he is my rookie of the year. It was really hard for me not to pick him. Uh, I can easily see why. And honestly, if it wasn't for a few other picks later down, I may have picked him. But this this guy that I chose, I think, is also deserving of it. And that's Josh Jacobs. I think what he's doing at the running back position for this Oakland team is is very, very good and being overlooked in a sense. So I think by the end of the season, when you're like, holy shit, Josh Jacobs is like 
fifth in rushing yards in the whole NFL, and he has all these touches and all and does all these things. You're gonna make shit. He might be deserving of that offensive player of the year. So I'm gonna stick with that. Josh Jacobs there, defensive rookie of the year. Surprise, surprise. I'm taking Nick Bosa. If he's winning defensive player of the year, he's gonna win defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, uh, completely agree. The next closest guy that would be in consideration for this is Josh Allen. Um, a guy that's looked stellar in Jacksonville. Um, someone you have high praise on. I just don't think you can add any more Jaguars to your list that we'll eventually find out here in a little bit. Um, Coach of the year, though, Frank Wright for me. He is a guy that is leading this Colts team without their starting quarterback that they had. Per- what What's the word here? That they were ready to start the season with an Andrew Luck. He retires in preseason. Yikes, not a good situation. But then you find this team still ready to fight and play without him and be led by Jacoby Brissett. You're putting your team in a position to win. You're making the right play calls. And you just know how to get these guys going. And it's exciting for him and this entire organization moving forward with Frank Wright at the helm. Yeah. Uh, Mine's going to be easy. It's Kyle Shanahan, one of the two undefeated teams. What he's doing with this team is unbelievable. Great defense. Uh, He's being very creative with the offense. I still don't think Jimmy G is being what he wants, but he's still making the offense run, even without uh, having that amazing quarterback play that he, I think that he was expecting to have. Uh, For me, comeback player of the year, I have Leonard Fournette. Uh, It's funny how things change, but I obviously missed most of the last season with the injury, and now he is second in rushing yards this year. And he's playing great for about four and a half, five weeks now. He's been the workhorse for this team and doing everything for him. If it's pass block, running, catching out of the backfield, whatever this team needs for offense, he's being that guy. Yeah, and for me, it's going to be Jimmy G. It's amazing what he can look like when he's healthy and how well he can play. And it's great how, or it's also awesome on how great this offense looks with first Kyle Shanahan when his guys are healthy. It's amazing what this team that what this team can do when everyone is available for him. And Jimmy G has stepped up to the challenge. He hasn't been anything that impressive, but he has been good enough leading an undefeated team to this point, coming off an injury that he had last year in Kansas City. Um, it's awesome to see what he will continue to do for the rest of this year. And then for the oh, go ahead. No, oh, go ahead. you just did Fournette. Me, most improved. Mr. Kirk Cousins. Um, he's really just kind of shut up a lot of the haters. Everyone's going, hey, this guy didn't deserve that $80 million guaranteed contract. He's going, fuck you. Yes, I did. Watch this. Watch the play calling change. Bam. Tutty, 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 tutty. And when I'm not throwing tutties, I'm handing the ball off to Mr. Dalvin Cook. And what's he doing? Tutty, 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 tutty. This offense is looking great. Kirk Cousins is improving fantastically with the new play calling. Um, and that's who I have for my mo- most improved player. For me, it's another Jag, and it's DJ Chark. Uh, he had like 200 receiving yards last year. I think it was actually 170, and now he's on pace to have 1,413 touchdowns. Uh, he is just a big play waiting to happen every single game. He's leading the league or second in the league in uh, 20-plus yard receptions. Uh, he's He's awesome. I could easily see the Jags. If they if they drafted another wide receiver this year and have him opposite, that would be awesome. But but 
we'll see what they do. I mean, with two first round picks, uh, I, I still think that they try to build that defense, but we'll see how it goes. DJ Chark's my most improved player, but um, I think that's about it, bud. Uh, thanks for having me back, dude. It was, uh, it's always weird, uh, not being on this, but, uh, excited, excited for week nine, excited for the games. Again, a lot of close games should be happening and a lot of big games where you can see where teams are actually at. Some people are going to fall behind. Some people are going to really get, get on that groove and start moving forward and for that playoff push. But, uh, I think that's it for tonight. Tonight we've been talking football. (laughs) 